You know, Brittany, nothing gives me naked confidence like hitting the gym first thing in the morning. The rush, the endorphins, it just sets the tone for the entire day. Ooh, I like that. Naked confidence. Yeah. It's all about the perfect playlist for me. The right music can uplift my mood instantly. Mm, you know what a close second is for me? What's that? Not stinking. <laughs> That's why I use Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. It's like a secret weapon against odor powered by mandelic acid. Yeah, you're odor-free for up to 72 hours. I love how Lumi tackles every odor concern with natural ingredients, and I appreciate its versatility. I tried it everywhere, from pits to feet. It never disappoints. Plus, it's baking soda-free and pH balanced for safe use. And the fact that it's clinically proven to block odor all day, well, that's a game changer. Definitely. And with Lumi Starter Pack, new customers can get $5 off with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. It's a great deal for a fresh start. Don't miss out on feeling confident everywhere you go. Visit lumideodorant.com and use code TLC for a special discount. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Cheers to confidence with Lumi. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm going to put that dog right in this place. I'm going to put it. I'm going to put him. I'm going to take it. I'm going to put that dog. I'm fixing to fucking put him in his place. In his place. In his goddamn place. You're listening to the Laughing Couple Podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. This is a perfect segue to what we're talking about today. Who sets the pace in your relationship? <laughs> it's me. It's, it's me, Jessica. Yeah, I'm in here. I quote that movie, I think, at least bi-weekly. And sometimes people look at me. Jake, do you know what that's from? Oh, fuck. It's from The Hot Chick with Rob Snyder. Okay, so he's like, it's, it's Rob me. Schneider. What did I say? Snyder? Yeah. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Oh, sorry. Schmirnoff ice. Anyways, where he's like, it's me, Jessica. I'm in here. Can so I good. can I tell you something that's super embarrassing about that? Yeah. So we did our date night last Thursday, which was a really wonderful night. We, you know what? We deserve a little patting of the backing. Thank like you. that was really good of yeah. us. We had a very, we'll get into that, but go ahead first. Um, I said to you, uh, cause there was karaoke, live karaoke upstairs mm-hmm. at this place that we were at. And, uh, you'd said, Oh, I didn't know there was an upstairs here. And I said, yeah, we should go check it out. And then we were waiting for our bill. The girl, the, the server was super, super, super busy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it seemed like she was by herself with the whole the entire restaurant. So yeah. being from the industry, as much as I needed to pay the bill and we needed to leave to get back for the babysitter, mm-hmm. very understanding of her current, of her situation. So I said, well, why don't you go upstairs while I wait to pay this bill? It doesn't matter how long you were upstairs for, but you were up there for a really long time. Uh, but as you were walking, I sang a couple songs. As you were upstairs, uh, as you were walking upstairs, you said something, and I oh, yeah. and I said to you, "It's me, Jessica." And you said, "What?" 
And I said, it's me, Jessica. And you said, what? And now you're too far away from me. So I knew if I wanted this joke to land, already it's not going to land because it's been the second time I've done this. I had to do it a third time because I needed you to at least respond to me and laugh. So I said, (laughs) it's me, Jessica. And you're like, whatever. And I turned around and everyone Everybody at the table around us was looking at me like, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? They clearly haven't seen the hot chick. Well, obviously they haven't seen the movie, the hot chick. And obviously you didn't hear me. So I was the only human being that understood that joke Uh. and that reference. And now I'm by myself waiting for 12 minutes for you to come back downstairs. Sorry about that. I, uh, we went upstairs and I, I met the... I've met the owner before. Um, she's so lovely, but she was just telling me about all of her um, upcoming events. So I was chatting with her. Anyways, um, we... You got a little hair right on your, on your ring there. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we might Very as well, observant of me. We'll get back to date night, but you said you had a story about your walking. Well, I... I... <laughs> This is like Chronicles of Ryan's Walking. Yeah. We should we should have a segment of... The Chronicles what, of the Morning Walk. Yeah. So this is not a funny story, unfortunately. Well, neither was the dog one, and I cackled at that, and it wasn't funny. Like, well, that, it wasn't supposed to be funny. No, that is funny. That was funny, right? Uh, this is not that. Okay. This is more of a, a PSA, public, public service, service announcement. announcement. Okay. So... I woke up this morning, I got to the gym really super, super early, came back home. It's roughly 6.30, 6.40. I decide, okay, well, I'm just going to do a cool down. I'll do a nice little two, three kilometer walk. <coughs> and it's important to know that it was... <coughs> oh. <laughs> oh. It's important. That was really loud in I'm my ears. I'm so sorry. So sorry for those who are listening. Um, it's very important to know that it was it was before 7 a.m. Okay. So here in Southern Ontario, 7 a.m. 7 a.m. is pitch black, but pre-7 a.m. is pitch black. It's darker. (laughs) It's Vin Diesel pitch black. It's Vin Diesel pitch black. You can't see shit. Okay. This is Brazil. Anyways. Okay. uh, So I'm walking and I turn the corner. Now, I have a history with dogs. And so, as you know. And when I turn the corner, about 80 yards uh, ahead of me is this gentleman. I'm not sure what he looks like, but he's a gentleman. And he's got his dog. And his dog's like a medium-sized dog, kind of like a Lassie-style dog. Okay, Terrier. I don't know what the brand, <laughs> what the brand of the dog is. Lassie! But he like the same size as a Lassie. Okay, right? like He's it, not a it. huge dog that's scary. We got it, medium size. But he's size. a medium-sized dog, good-sized okay. dog. Like, he can get a good bite on you yeah. kind of thing, right? And so because of my history with dogs and particularly my history with dogs on that road and on that street, I'm cautious. Mm -hmm. And so he's about 80 yards in front of me. The dog's peeing and they stop. And so I start to slow my pace down a little bit, right? Just so I'm not catching up to them. And this dog uh, notices me and the dog turns and starts barking at me. Like, I mean, on a leash, he's on a leash. Yeah. He starts barking at me, like aggressively barking at me. Okay. I'm like, fuck me. This is going to happen again. And and he, he looks faster than the other dog. And I got no green box. I don't know where to go. So I'm like, oh, this is not good. Right. (laughs) So he starts barking at me, barking at me. Now, before I continue this story, I'm going to take a back because this is something that men do. And I'm not sure why men do this. This is the public service announcement. I'll give you a little example. When I was about nine years of age, do you remember where we used to live on the corner street, the orange house? They had that really 
loud dog that scared the, the shit out of everybody. No. Barked all the time. Just scared. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Through the fence. Through the fence. Yeah, yeah. Scared the shit yes, out of everybody. And that. every once in a while, the dog would get out and chase people and scare them. Well, for some reason, as a kid, I'm on my bike and these women walk by and the dog, I don't recognize these women. This dog starts barking, like aggressively barking and scares the living bejesus out of these women. Yeah. And me as a man, as a man, as an eight year old, nine year old kid, (laughs) for some reason, I immediately yelled at the dog. Hey, hey, stop it. That's where your dad voice. Stop it. Stop it. I wanted those women to know (laughs) that you were like, stop it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I wasn't 13. I was eight. I was still like, stop it. Yeah. Right? Anyways, I, I instinctively yelled at the dog. Now, I don't know why I did that, okay. but, but I did that. Protective. Sure. I'm protective. Okay. But also it's like to a certain point, like you just kind of, it's like a cool thing to do. I guess as a guy, I don't know why we do it, but we do it. Wait, like, what do you mean to like put dogs in their place? I don't understand. Yeah, what you're I'm saying. gonna put that dog in its place. That's the coolest thing I could ever. I, don't, I honestly yeah. don't know what you mean. Call me Michael Vick. Um, I'm gonna put that dog right in his place. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, put him. It. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take put, it. I'm gonna put that dog. I'm fixing to fucking put him in his place. In his place. In his goddamn place. Anyways, I don't know why I do it, and I don't know why we did it, but this is this is what I'm getting at. Okay. The dog starts barking yeah. and he's barking at me. Now, and this is sorry. This is I'm this morning. Yeah, I'm okay. going back now. You're going yeah. forward, forward. Forward. Yeah. Back to the future. Anyways, that's such a good concept. <laughs> you get Anyways, so part. this guy, this dog is barking and he's barking aggressively at me. And this yeah. guy gives him a nice little tug uh-huh. and says, hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's the story. That's the story. And that's the story. And I thought, oh, that was I thought, mean. Oh, that's a little aggressive. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, and so the dog starts barking again. And he's like, shut the fuck up. Oh my God. And it pulls on the dog again. And I'm like, oh, like, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Right. And so the dog's walking and the dog keeps walking and walking and looking at me and looking at me and looking at me. And he keeps like tugging on this dog, like almost like the dog was embarrassing him for barking. Now I say it's important to know that it's before seven o'clock because there are people that are sleeping. Sure. And there's probably a part of him that doesn't want this dog to wake up the neighborhood. Yeah. And there's probably a part of him that doesn't want the dog to embarrass him in front of another stranger. I totally understand that. Yeah. But this was the sad part for me. That dog was just protecting him. Yeah, that's true. The dog wasn't afraid of the dog. The dog wasn't afraid of me. Mm -hmm. The dog was afraid that I was going to do something to (coughs) To his his owner. And Mm -hmm. I'm walking behind him Mm -hmm. with a hat on, with black gloves on. Like I look outside of my like colorful jacket. I look like mischievous. I thought you were going to see my my colorful personality. Yeah. (laughs) My winning smile. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Tiptoe through the two laps. Okay. No. uh, That's sad. The dog was trying to protect his owner. This is what bothers me the most. Because the dog, the guy was mean to his dog. Yeah. And the dog was just protecting him. And I get why the guy was kind of like, yeah, man, shut up. Right. Yeah. Because it was before <laughs> seven o'clock, but he didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. What makes me so sad is I, as I turn the corner, I turn the same corner that they turned. So now I'm am following yeah, this man. Yeah. Right. So this dog is like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, I want to bark, but my owner just keeps pulling on me. So I can't. 
And so, like, this is what made me so sad. As I'm walking, the dog's tail is, like, wagging. Like, he's super happy. And he keeps looking up his, at his owner. Like, yeah, did, like I, did, did, I did good. I did good. Like, love me. Love me so much. Yeah. I am your, you are my master. Please love me so much. Up. Right? Up. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that is such a loyal dog. Like, yeah. that dog has just been pulled and told, shut the fuck up, twice by his owner. He's and his like, this tail is the is, best fucking day ever. His tail's wagging. He's like, man, I am out with my best friend. I am out with my best friend, and I am having a good walk, and I am protecting him. I am a good dog, and he is a good master. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, that kind of loyalty, you can't buy that kind no, of loyalty. So here's the public service announcement. If you've got something in your life that that loyal, don't pull on his neck and tell it to shut the fuck up. Right. Again, this wasn't supposed to be funny, but it was. No, that wasn't funny. Yes, it was. Anyways, that's my public service announcement. No, you, I get it. I you, honestly you don't need to pull on your dog. I always feel like, like when I'm driving and I go past somebody who is like walking their dog and they are like outwardly aggressive to the dog, whether they're like training the dog, or whatever. There's there's one thing to train your dog to like sit at a stop sign or like before you cross the street, whatever it looks like. But you know that there's those people that are like just. You question if they should own the animal and just how aggressive they are with the animal. It makes me want to get out of my car and like, like, I don't chew them out. I don't know what I would do. I would never, but yeah, like, yeah, don't do that. Cause you might get bit by no, that loyal dog for sure. Who, but he doesn't know you're protecting him. Yeah, I know. Anyways, I, I understand. I understand what you were uh, going through. Cause I feel, I, I, I feel for it. the guy. I get it. I feel for the guy. I get you why get he was sides. doing it, but it's like, don't you don't need you don't need to do that to your dog right. i'm cool if your dog's attacking me by all means like grab don't. his leash and pull him and say like don't fucking do that yeah but like he's not attacking me i'm keeping my distance because i understand that barks uh sometimes are louder than bites but sometimes bites still hurt Guys, have you tried the new wellness shots from Good Vibes Juice? We have, and they're amazing. Perfect for boosting immunity and feeling great. Good Vibes Juice makes all natural wellness shots with ingredients that support your immune system. And they honestly taste good. Plus, they're great to have before you feel sick or even to help you recover faster. It's like having Granny's homemade remedy, but conveniently pre-made. They have three different shots to choose from, Sick Day, Get Well, and Turmeric Daily. The Sick Day shot has echinacea and ginger, known for fighting off colds and boosting immunity. The Get Well shots feature elderberry, a superfood ingredient that helps increase immunity, and the Turmeric Daily has turmeric and chamomile. My personal favorite is the Turmeric Daily. It has turmeric and chamomile, which for me, having recently turned 40, is great for anti-inflammatory and calming properties. What's great is that these shots are all natural with no preservatives or additives. You can take them as a shot or mix them with hot water for a soothing tea. And here's the best part. Visit goodvibeswithansjuice.com and use promo code TLC to get free shipping and 20% off your first order. That's www.goodvibesjuice.com with promo code TLC. Let's boost our immunity and feel great with Good Vibes Juice. Shout out to Claritin for providing samples and sponsoring this episode. Full disclosure, I was listening to you talk the other day and I was thinking to myself, why does he sound that way? And then I remembered that it's allergy season and that's just your voice because you're so stuffed up. Ah, yes, the old allergy congested accent. Luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Oh, perfect. So I won't have to listen to you speak like this for the next few weeks. What? You're not into it? It's not uh, not endearing? No comment. Designed for serious allergy sufferers like Ryan. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms 
and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. Claritin D tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. So convenient. Just ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. And remember, only use as directed. Can we talk about really quickly or um, go back to our date night? So we had um, we had a date night because Ryan and I were definitely overdue. We talked about this last week. Just we were finding ourselves like short with each other. We had conversations that needed to happen prior to that night. But we I think that we just came down to the fact that we just need to prioritize us and spend more time together. And we have let our relationship like on, we put it on the back burner because we know that there's so many other things. And we've talked about this so many times on this podcast that you typically will put your relationship last because you know that, you know what, it'll be fine. We'll get through it. But then when that compounds, it becomes a little messy and scary because you're not actually prioritizing each other. So we went on the state, we went to two places after you were like, it's me, Jessica. We went to another place um, and just loved the bartender. She actually wrote me, her name's Jess. She wrote me the next day because I took a picture of the, uh, she called it a garage pour. She's like, are you driving? And I'm like, no, because I got a Negroni. This thing if like it was so strong and Negroni is all alcohol. She's like, that's what I call a garage pour. I loved her. I don't own a restaurant and I've never owned a restaurant, but I could, I've owned businesses yeah. and I own a business, multiple business actually. Such a people person. I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, if, if she ever listened to this podcast, if I ever started a restaurant, she'd be the very first human being I'd hire. And mm-hmm. I'd say, you do the rest. Yeah. You, you hire everybody else. Just find people like you. Mm-hmm. She was probably so personal. And, and in this day and age, we've talked about this, the service industry, has gone to shit oh it really has gone to shit i agree this was this felt like it used to feel and, and then some then some like she, she it just felt like you were shooting the shit with somebody who was just so welcoming and like it wasn't awkward and she was just so like it was easy to talk she to was she was amazing. funny anyways love you jess thanks for that um she was amazing but yes but the reason for our date night go back let's go to the back to the reason for our date night we do talk about it on a regular basis that you do forget your partner it's easy to forget your partner but we have this platform mm-hmm. right we have this platform we meet every single week we meet we sit here every single week we we laugh together we joke together <laughs> you know we do creative content together and those days we take pretty much all of Wednesday off mm-hmm. to do, to do those days. Not we take we, Wednesdays and, off and of Jake. our other job. Yeah. And we, we take, we take our, all of our responsibilities. We put them to the side and we focus on this, this mm-hmm. platform, this podcast and this, and you'd think if you dedicated an entire day to your partner that, and had fun doing it and laughed and joked around that that would mean that that was enough. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's not. Well, because it's, not. it's just not. <laughs> well, it's because it's also work for us. Like, I think that we we actually have an advantage because this is an excuse for us. Like, it really is. We're like, well, it's our job. We can't neglect this. So it forces us to have these conversations, which really does help us. But at the end of the day, like to have a conversation between you and I, no filming, nothing else is different. Like we are 
fairly, I think people would agree we're fairly blunt and honest on this platform, but it's, again, we're basically talking to thousands of people at the same time. It's not just you and I. So we need something further than that. And it was just, it was really, really good. We had such a great conversation. We met each other. We both had a lot of emotions. We went back to the vasectomy talk. Oh, it was heated. I don't think we've ever got that much response to a podcast like more than we did with that one. Like on both of our platforms, it's fucking wild. And that email that guy wrote us. Do you know how many times people have personally DM'd me yeah. on my, I'm not an Instagram guy. On so your personal if account. you go to my personal Instagram account, the last image that you would see is from Mother's Day last year, mm-hmm. 2022. I'm not on that platform. So the amount of gentlemen that have reached out to me on that platform and emailed me to tell me, dude, just fucking get the thing done <laughs> is astonishing yeah and And by the way thank you very much for that because you know there's a there is a fear that's there and it's not the procedural fear i'm not i do not fear uh a male or woman uh cutting into my my nutsack and pulling out my balls and doing whatever they need to do and putting them back together i don't you would think that i would be worried about that i'm not worried about that that's never really been a concern for me pain is not a concern for me at all it's all of the stuff that happens after the fact so gentlemen thank you very much for reaching out to me for giving me your own personal experiences uh with respect to testosterone and libido and all of the all of the stuff that i'm worried about so it really means a lot to me i will tell you guys that i have done a ton of research on it since that podcast and since ladies since you've yelled at me um and we will be getting it done and i will i'll keep you guys posted but Mm -hmm. that yeah, thank you. Oh, thank yeah, you, Jake. You Says the guy that doesn't have a vasectomy. Yeah. Way to go, Jake. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they might be done. Mega, there, yeah. What was um, that? Well, let me talk to Megan and see how Jake feels about a, about his vasectomy tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I okay. can't wait to start clapping. But what I'm getting at is this. We we talked about, and on a previous podcast a couple of weeks ago, we talked about we talked with the owner of Coupley, right? We had so a cool good. little announcement with, with Coupley. But what it came down to at the end of the day for us was we do have distinctly different love languages and I'm not going to get into the love language conversation, but it's always like what came first, the chicken or the egg, who moves, who moves the needle first. And we got to a point where I was like, do you even care what my love language is? Because it doesn't seem like you care what my love language is. Your actions do not indicate that you care. And that's what it came down to. Lots and lots and lots of emotions, right? Go ahead. What What do you? Nothing. It's great. <laughs> we settled it. Why? Why? I you... thought we did, but that yeah. was those are some those are some a little bit of a like pregame spicy words. Like, no. do you even know what my? Do you even know what my love language is? Yeah, I asked. I, I just asked you to do something, and you fucking you, didn't do you it. You got two love languages. Love language number one is you like quality time, and mm-hmm. love language number two is you like acts of service. And I have been doing lots of acts of service, but what I haven't been doing is quality time. And this is what I said to you. This is this was like an epiphany that I had. I looked at this year as a whole and I said things like, okay, we went to New York City together, you and I. We went to Vegas together, you and I. We we went to these concerts, you and I. I started looking at these big things that we did and I thought, I'm doing my job. I am providing us the time that you look for, the quality time that you look for in these big not like audacious, but like these big things like mm-hmm. that we've always wanted to do. I've done those things. We, yay, we, yay me. We've done that we've yeah. 
what no this this is my internal conversation oh, okay. it's like i've done these things that you've asked for and i've done them to a really big scale why is it that that you don't think that that's enough and then i realize well if you look at those eight events that we did eight events throughout the entire year is not the every single day quality time and because we did those big things i looked at it and like yay me not recognizing that it's the the day-to-day or week-to-week opportunities week to that week. I'm missing mm-hmm. because I think I'm checking the boxes. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the big epiphany for me. Mm-hmm. Um, love that. Yeah. I think that we definitely cleaned that up. I just want to, I just thought of this and I don't want to forget about it. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this because I thought it was kind of funny. And then I want to talk about the white chapel back to the Vegas conversation. But the first I got to talk about the pace. I got to talk about the pace. That's fine. You can after. I got to talk about the pace. All right. So, I was watching um I was watching a TikTok and this guy was talking about um just how uh Gen Z which is millennial What are you talking about? The younger generation. Gen Z. No. Yeah, Gen Z. Yeah. We're millennials. Yeah, we're millennials. Okay, so Gen Z he was talking about how sometimes Gen Z has like really funny terminology like vocabulary for things and i was like okay like what and he's like i just love the way that they word things sometimes and he used the example of saying say so you've got something up coming up in your life okay like you know what like i think i need to quit my fucking job okay say so for us oh, we're like, like something big yeah like something something big like that would drastically affect your life okay oh, yeah. so vasectomy gen I got z, a vasectomy coming up yeah gen z will say do it for the plot and like he's like it's fucking brilliant because it's basically taking this huge, potentially catastrophic event that could have outcomes that maybe you don't want. And you're saying, well, just do it for the plot like of your life and being like, you know what? If it doesn't work out, we fucking did it for the plot. Like, oh, it took a bad turn. Did it for the plot. And it's like they it's funny because it really does take this like pressure off of things for you, because if it doesn't work out or maybe you like learned all these lessons, well, I fucking did it for the plot. Look where I am now. <laughs> like they look at their life like a plot. And it's I just thought it was kind of brilliant because it really does. They take these big, scary events and it doesn't have to be for huge things. It could be for something small, but they have these like sidebar conversations where they do it for the plot. I'm like, that's I fucking like I love that. that. You and uh, and the being a millennial, I'll know that we use language like this is just the chapter in our lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just a chapter in our lives. Right. It's a new page. We're in we're in a bit of a <clears throat> struggling chapter. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's turn the page. It's not let's go to the sequel. Or you'll be like, This is just the season. Yeah. It's just it's the a season. season of life. Yeah. Well, when they're like, do it for the plot. But I will say that my my best friend growing I wouldn't even say growing up, there was a period of time in my life, a very short period of time in my life where Probably the most significant friend of my life was part of my life. He's no longer with us anymore. But he used to always say, this is going to be an incredible story. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's how he used to do it. That I feel like is the same as like do it for the plot. Yeah. Because it does. Like he's like, do it for the story. Yeah. Do it for the plot of your life. Because then it's it also makes you not take things so seriously. It's like uh, you don't make friends eating salad. Yeah. I love like, salad though. Like don't skip the dessert. Yeah, for sure. Kind I of thing. It. I like that. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's Isn't good. That good. I heard something uh, on TikTok today on the very similar similar path or whatever you want to call similar it. Similar season. Sim- similar season. <laughs> uh, the same way, same, same wave files um, as, uh, as what you just said, but it's not like that. And she said, uh, I wish I wrote it down. I actually saved it and I think I sent it to you. What she was saying is think about a hundred years from now, the likelihood of you living 
right like a hundred years from now, so so twenty one twenty three mm-hmm. is pretty slim. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're an adult and you're driving your car, the, I'm sorry to say this, you're probably not going to be alive in a hundred years. You did, buddy, bumpkins. And she was saying, she was like, think about think about your grandfather's father. Did you know your grandfather's father? Do you think about your grandfather's father? Mm-mm. Do you ever spend any time wondering about your grandfather's father? Probably not. And if you were fortunate enough to have a great grandfather, think about his father. Mm-hmm. She says a hundred years from now, you will have enough of a generational gap that the people that you've created, who have created people, who have created people won't even think about you. Is that not weird to think about? It's kind of depressing. She said, everything that you own <clears throat> will have been sold. Mm-hmm. And or demoed every house that you've lived in will be lived in by somebody else. The car that you've purchased that you spent a ton of money on will be completely demolished and turned into scrap. It sounds like it's very much like live for the day. Every single thing that you're worried about, that you're stressed about, that you're dealing with right now, a hundred years from now, your kids, kids, kids will not give a shit. It's so true. I think the same line was like talking about how um, basically people are like, don't be afraid to have like shitty experiences. Like, oh, you spent money. Say you went out for dinner, you had like this terrible meal, but you went with your friends and you had this like fun time. Like when we went to the Chris Angel concert, terrible con- or uh, sorry, that wasn't a concert. Mind freak. When we went to the Chris Angel, whatever the fuck that was, it was a terrible <laughs> I don't even know what would you call performance. it performance yeah, a but performance, one of the an and it was expensive as fuck but it was one of the best nights ever because we had so much fun with the people we were with so it's kind of just like going back to like don't be afraid to spend money even if it's like a shitty experience do it for the plot do it for the do plot it, it, it works for, for everything okay hey Ryan yes you stink um okay I stink too don't worry everyone actually stinks and it's normal to have body odor just in case you needed a reminder okay thank you for that but the best part is you don't have to stink <laughs> just try Lumi whole body deodorant you're right and Lumi's powered by mandelic acid tackling odor for 72 hours from pits to feet, even private areas. It's incredible. Over 300,000 five-star reviews, and you can literally use it everywhere. And the scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or my personal favorite, toasted coconut, make it refreshing. Plus, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that's over 40% off. Stay confident from head to toe with Lumi. Try it with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. That's code TLC at L-U-M-E-D-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Stay fresh, everyone. Really quickly, I need to tell this story about Vegas and then you got to go into the pacemaker. Pacemaker. <laughs> pacemaker. Bah, bah. Okay, okay, okay. Can't wait to talk about my (laughs) defib. So when we were in Vegas. AFib? Defib? AFib. I don't know what it's called. I don't know anything about hearts. When we were in Vegas, um, we, I don't know how much we talked about. So uh, first of all, we had the bride and groom surprised their entire wedding party um, and all of their guests by taking us on a bus. When we thought that they were getting married at the Palms Hotel, they actually... Uh, got us all on a bus and they took us to somewhere we didn't know where we were going. And then we arrived at the Little White Chapel, which is iconic in Vegas. 
That's the big, uh, the Elvis one, right? Elvis married yeah. Priscilla. Right, right. Okay. Which, by the way, if you look at how old Priscilla was when Elvis married her and realize how long they dated while, uh, while Elvis, before they got married, Elvis was playing with children. <laughs> Priscilla was a little girl. Okay. Anyways. Um, anyways, so we go to this like iconic. Do the math, Jake. Do the math. Iconic location. There's two like big buses. So we get off the bus and keep in mind, the bride and groom are not there yet. So there's a whole bunch of us. We don't really know where we're going. We start walking towards the location from the parking lot and uh, we're, we're pretty excited. Some people have their roadies like from the, the bus and this employee comes out and starts fucking screaming at everybody like get off the parking lot go over there we don't have our liquor license like fucking throw your shit like it was so aggressive and we were all like kind of buzzed because there was like a pre-drink like party before so we were like (laughs) okay so we move over we throw their shit out there's like two cans still on the table we're still outside um and we're waiting so nobody's drinking anymore and then it, did the shaming happen before the bride and groom got there? Well, it, it's no, no, it didn't. Hold it, on, hold on. So, yeah. uh, so anyway, so we're all waiting, and there is an outside um, ceremony location, uh, and then there's an inside ceremony location. So we're waiting to go inside, and there's another wedding ceremony happening, like basically it right across every from half us. an hour on the yeah, half an hour. Exactly. So, so we see uh, the bride and groom start to walk up to the front of the entrance and we are so excited to see them. They look incredible. So we all start cheering. Woo, woo, woo. Does not the same employee come over and start fucking chewing us out again. Like there's a ceremony happening. It's so disrespectful. We're like, fair, holy shit. Fair, fair. And was listen, we're all like, fair. nope, no problem. We get it. But at the same time, like, can you chill with how you're speaking? So fine. So she leaves. We're waiting to go inside to uh, the bride and groom's uh, ceremony. Now, there are two girls who are, let me preface this. There's a bunch of us wearing Vegas style dresses. It's Vegas. So they're short. They're like, it's not see-through, but they are, they're cute and scandalous. They're Vegas dresses. And the one dress the girl was wearing was a long dress and it was mesh and it had like black designs all over it. She was wearing full underwear, full bandeau underneath. Like she looked great. It was a bustier. And, so yeah. and the bride said, approved that dress and she told her, yeah, was like, you need to wear this for my wedding. Amazing. Okay. You look amazing. You need to wear this for my wedding. Wear it. So the employee comes up and you were here for this one, right? You can, was, you can take yes. over because I, I, I heard about this after when I see her bawling. She comes up to this poor girl and says, what you're wearing is inappropriate. She says, there are children that come to this location for weddings. They do not need to see your ass. Mm-hmm. What you're wearing is, is wildly inappropriate and you need to change or you need to get off the premises. Like what the fuck? Like this We're is in Vegas. <laughs> We are in Vegas. First of all, oh she God. said when we, we couldn't drink, she's like, we don't have a liquor license. Las Vegas is open, is whatever you want to call it. Like you could walk down the streets of Vegas as with long as alcohol. it's covered, right? No. Oh. Like, think about it. You, you go, oh, true, you go, true, you go true, to true. Fat Tuesdays and you got this like foot long, three yeah. long drinking. Anyways. Sucking it down the street. So that girl Anyways. is so emotional. She ends up um, taking one of the guys, I think her boyfriend's like suit jackets. Now she's like wrapped up in the suit jacket. She's so tiny. So she looks like, it just looks so out of place. Then the fucking girl tells another guest 
who's wearing a dress that again, it is not slutty at all. It, it has like a bandeau style and then like the stomach is showing and then it's long and there's a, and there's a slit. She looks fucking fantastic. Same conversation tells her there's children here. This is disgusting. You should be ashamed. You cannot come into the premise and makes her put a suit jacket. These two guests are crying. I am I'm, I'm drunk. So I'm fucking furious at this point that I want to say something, but no one says anything because at the end of the day, we don't want to put any drama or any stress on the bride or groom. Like, so they didn't know that this happened. Um, so anyways, that was super, super shitty. We go inside. It was an incredible ceremony. Um, the, uh, Elvis, Elvis impersonator married them. It was, it was amazing. All ended well. I, when we got home, I waited a little bit and then I wrote them on Instagram because I was like, this is not okay. If anything, as a business owner, I think I would want to know if my employees or my staff are treating the guests that are coming here to such an iconic place. And uh, I wrote them a very respectful and professional email, but was very honest with like how unprofessional their staff was. They haven't wrote me back. Surprise, surprise. But what was the sad part is that the comments on their pictures on Instagram, people are like, don't get married here. The staff is terrible. Like, and it was just sad because it's such an iconic place. And I feel like this goes back to just like the service industry and people don't know how to like treat people anymore. Well, the girl said, the girl said, and (laughs) I, I, I always try to come from a place of empathy because people don't come at you with energy like that unless they're in that space already. Every single day she deals with people coming to her location intoxicated, loud, obnoxious. I'm sure she's seen it all. She's been through it all. She's sick of it all. And she even said that. She said, guys, I deal with this every day. You can say whatever you want to me. I've seen it. I've been there, done that. It doesn't really matter to me. Get the fuck off of the property. That's how she responded. And I get it. I totally, totally get it. And all I'm saying is this. If that's the level of stress that you're under, where people who are not only paying to be there, but people who are there for the moment of their lives, if that's the experience you have, I would highly recommend you just find another job. Mm-hmm. Not that you suck, <clears throat> no. but just you've probably out, outworked your stay here. And that's a really great perspective to kind of meet her at that emotion. And, and that's fine. She can have all of the rage and she can be impatient for the drunk, obnoxious people that come. What she does not, what she does not get the right to do, regardless of how she feels, regardless of how tired she is, she does not get to shame another woman for wearing a dress to one of her best friend's wedding. Like, fuck that like I was so mad I don't care I don't care what the fuck she's going through through her life those two girls did not deserve to be treated that way like it was just where it's 2023 like why the fuck are you shaming another girl for wearing that like they looked amazing anyways another human being period the wedding was fantastic so minus that small blip best best wedding ever I and this has nothing to do with the wedding it had everything to do with that employee and that location yeah. into that part like so speaking sh- speaking of meeting at the at the moment and at the emotion and I would pacemaker. I, this is the pacemaker conversation. And I don't know if we actually have enough time for it. So Ooh. I'm going to introduce the idea of it. Maybe we can have a good conversation about it, but more than anything else, it's just a, it's just a plant, uh, a seed for the people that are listening to this. If you're in a relationship, the idea of a pacemaker, <laughs> the idea of who sets the pace is an important conversation to have. So what do I mean by who sets the pace? When we have a disagreement, when we're having an argument, you and I do not argue the same way. And we've talked about this numerous times, but mm-hmm. you and I do not do not argue the same way. I am very, 
I am very matter of fact. I'm very detail oriented. Very lawyery. I'm very lawyery, but I'm but I'm I'm a logical thinker in Mm -hmm. my conversation. My intention and the and and my outcome is to get along. It's to we're in a we're in a space. There's a gap that's here. It's ineffective. Let's fix the let's fix the problem so that we can now move on and be lovey dovey and have a great relationship in front of our children. Those are my intentions and those (laughs) are my own. And also not in front of our. And so when when we have these conversations and we are having the conversation, you do not think logically. You do not think rationally. You do not go chronologically in order. That's not the way that your brain works. You are more of an emotional person. And so we often stop the conversation and you sidebar it. And you sidebar it because you want to gather your thoughts, you want to put your words together, you want to get everything that you want to get ready and prepared for the conversation. Because often arguments come out of nowhere. They come out of a normal conversation that leads to a conversation that leads to an argument. And so you, in our relationship, are the pace setter. You dictate when we are allowed to have these conversations because the way you disagree and argue is not the way that I disagree and argue. And for the betterment of our family, rather than you being emotional, you walk away, take your time and have the conversations that you need to have, gather your thoughts and then bring them back when you're ready. Here's the problem with that for me. And I realized that this is the problem for me in our last argument, which led to our date night. When I'm in the moment and I'm having the experience, I'm logical. When you leave me alone and you leave me with my thoughts, I now get emotional because now I'm talking to myself. I'm logically going through things and I'm trying to make them make sense. And the only way I know how to make them make sense is to go to the opposite side, the devil's advocate of why this would be the way that it is. And in my head, while you're gathering your thoughts and getting yourself ready and prepared for a conversation, I've gone from rational thoughts to end of the world, catastrophic, we're going to get a divorce thoughts. Oh my God. I'm just letting you know how my brain works. It goes to worst case scenario <clears throat> because I look at it and say, we were not that far apart, but now that we're separated, how far apart are we? And my mind does what my mind does. And now when you come to me with your rational way of thinking and chronologically ordered it, I'm now emotional. And I don't necessarily think that it's fair to do that to somebody. I get that it's better for our relationship for you to get that. But I just need you to know that in the silence of you being silent, I go to catastrophic. Okay, so I I can understand what you're saying. Like if I'm like, listen, I can't do this right now or whatever. That's that's frustrating because when I leave, I also go through every single line item and I'm trying to figure it out. And then I'm also being like, well, you're making stuff up because you're right. You're only having a conversation with yourself. However, I think that for us to avoid that, the way that you argue sometimes is like very aggressive. It's very matter of fact, like you said, and you don't. And we've talked about this in length. If you're not meeting me at those emotions, if you're not like leveling with me for that, then I physically and mentally and emotionally cannot have a conversation with you when you are so like tunnel visioned in something like you have something in your head and that's the way it is that you often won't hear. I disagree. Well, I'm telling you, this is why I have to take a step away because you 
harp and harp and harp and harp where I'm just like, and then I get very frustrated and overwhelmed that I'll start crying and I don't like crying. So I will fucking leave, go cry. Literally when we have like a big argument, I go to my phone. I was just talking to Allison about this because her boyfriend is the same. Stu's the same. He argues like you and it's overwhelming for me. So I have to go and I have a fucking note and I'm taking notes about all of the points that I want to say, but I can't verbalize them when I'm being like attacked in the way that you argue. And I'm not saying you're attacking. I'm me. not attacking you. I'm you say something. I rebuttal. You say something. I rebuttal. No. And then I get it and I shrink the wall down to this is what it has to be. I don't start off with this is how it has to be. I gather all of the information. I say, well, you said this. And then, well, you said this, and then, well, you said this, and you're like, yeah, I said that. And yeah, I said that. And yeah, I said that. I said, okay, well then now what? It's only this. I just find that you're, you are, like you've said, and you've admitted to this, you argue very logically and lawyery that there is no emotion. And so when I show any part of emotion, it feels like a weakness and I don't want to be made to look weak because I cannot communicate in the same style that you do. So I need to take a beat, gather my thoughts so that I can speak and we can have an effective conversation. But when I'm emotional, it's seen as weakness and it's seen as like, well, you don't know what the fuck you're saying because I have no rebuttal. And that's not true. I do have a rebuttal. I do have things that I want to say. I just cannot process my words as quickly as you do. I get so, that. I get that. But here's what I, the, the, the importance of understanding who the pace setter is. Once you've established who the pace setter is, it's important that the other person gets to, to share with the pace setter what the impact of them setting the pace is. You say to me, I'm done talking. But I, no, no, hold on a second. I'm not always the one that does that. You do that no, no. as well. Very rarely. And this is what I was about to say to you. You say, I'm done talking about this. We can talk about this in the morning or we can talk about this this afternoon. We can talk about this when we have this time available to us. I'm not talking about this anymore. And now I'm left with, uh, and we always laugh about this. I'm left with, uh, okay, I guess I'll go fuck myself then. But So what I'm saying to you is this, what you don't get from me because I don't set the pace. I don't dictate when we talk. I, I, I participate in the conversation in real time. I don't set the pace as to when we talk next. If I said to you, and I don't say this to you, I'm done talking. What does that mean to you? Okay. So it it means that you are in complete control of the situation and I'm just going to wait until you're ready. That is not a fun feeling. Two things. You often bring up conversations at the worst fucking time. Like, I mean, like, maybe I do. And so for me to say, let's, let's sidebar this and talk about this. And you have to admit this. I said this conversation, and I've said this multiple times. I don't have enough time in what I'm doing to have this conversation and give this conversation enough of my attention. Like I'll be getting ready in the morning when it's like fucking witching hour, when I'm getting myself ready, you're about to leave for your meeting and you'll be like, Hey, about that. Fuck you. And we have literally three minutes to talk about it. I'm like, I don't want to do this right now because then it sets the tone for the next 40 minutes with me and the kids. And then you've planted this seed that now I'm left with my own thoughts. So I'm like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Not because I don't want to have the conversation or I'm not ready. It's because it's a terrible time to talk. I get that. All I'm saying in the (laughs) the public service announcement that I'm giving here is- Be nice to your dog. Yeah. Do it for the plot. The public service that announcement that I'm giving here is every relationship has its cadence. Every relationship has its pace setter. If you are the pace setter, Recognize that you're the pace setter. If you're not the pace setter, it's important for you to share the impact of what setting the pace does to you. 
because I want to meet you at your emotions. But what ends up happening is when you turn it back on, I'm now emotional and you do not meet me at my emotions. I sometimes have to set that pace because you cannot. Like You're just so frustrated. And although sometimes it's not great to take a break, those are the times that we both need to take a break because we're not communicating effectively anymore. What I can do, actionable things that we can do to kind of meet each other in the middle for this is I can make sure that I am not just leaving because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to talk anymore. You need to make sure that we have enough time and you need to say, Hey, do you have time to have this conversation? Because I also work from home and sometimes you just come upstairs and you're like, and I'm like, I'm fucking working. I know I'm sitting on the couch, but I'm working. So it's hard, right? Like, she says, no. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, sometimes we argue differently and, and I need, I need a beat sometimes and I'll do my best to gather my thoughts, but I also need you to do your best not to be so tunnel visioned and open to some emotion. Cause that's when I leave. That's when I'm like deuces. I don't want to fucking do what this I'm anymore. Saying is, what I'm saying is you can take the space. You could take the time when you do, you just have to recognize that you're now going to meet an emotional version of me when I get back. But that's not always true. It like, is. no, it's not. I, I find that when it it's not because when we come back to each other, we've both had enough time to gather our thoughts and you are nowhere near what you were when I left. Yeah, and I find your, I find it's easier to talk to you. Okay. When fair. I get back. So pacing. PSA. Who has the pacemaker in your relationship? Peace out. Bye. Bye. everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group, and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the cycle babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist, but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.